we have demonstrated for the last 40 years that eat less and exercise more does not work and yet we still keep doing it we keep on doing it because we don't know what else to do Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. I'm so glad you're here today. I am joined by Carrie Brown, a woman very special, near and dear to my heart, even though we've never met in person, and I'll explain why. But first, a little bit about Carrie. Carrie is an ex-professional pastry chef. She was quite renowned, actually, and she's now turned cookbook author, freelance photographer, recipe developer. She trained at the National Bakery School in London, and she has now turned her talents to creating scrumptious, sane food, which we'll explain later, to help the world eat smarter, live better, and to put the healthy back into healthy. The reason I knew Carrie Brown's name long before she knew mine is because she is the co-host of one of the best podcasts out there on how to live healthy and how to live well. She is the podcast co-host, also recipe developer and food photographer for The Calorie Myth, which you may have also heard of as The Smarter Science of Slim with Jonathan Baylor. So Jonathan Baylor wrote the book called The Calorie Myth, which you'll hear us talk about today. And the podcast that they host together is called The Sane Show. That was literally the first podcast that I ever downloaded in my life, Carrie. And that set me off on a journey because it's it simplified the way that I ate. It simplified the way that I thought about cooking because I'd never thought about cooking. Um, and it really changed my life. So we'll give everyone all of the links to all of the many many things that you do, Carrie. But for now, I want to say welcome. I'd love for you to give us a little bit of your backstory before we jump in today. Hey, Ella. I am so excited to be here. It's um, just brilliant, brilliant idea. So I think we should probably start when I was about three, when I discovered that um, chocolate was like the best thing was ever created. I was always, you could always find me sitting on the kitchen counter while my mother was cooking and um, used to love watching her and helping her. And then I discovered a, a latent talent of cake decorating when I was about 13. And shortly thereafter, I I started a business, so I was 14 years old, and I started a business decorating wedding cakes and birthday cakes and celebration cakes. Oh, wow. Um, and I went off to the National Bakery School, which is part of the South Bank University in London. And then I went to various countries as a pastry chef. I worked in Canada, I worked in London, and I worked in Perth, Australia, um, where I was a pastry chef and doing fun things like being up to my elbows in chocolate all day and just having a gay old time. Um, at which point, I think I think my highest weight at this point was probably 105 pounds. Oh, for so heaven's sake. <laughs> always been tiny. I have a very tiny frame, um, always been small. And then so so that went on and there I was merrily doing my pastry chefing thing. And then one day, I think I was about 27, I woke up and looked in the mirror and went, what the hell? 
what what that's not my body what wait wait and so from there it kind of started that i was just like oh i don't seem to be able to eat you know pounds of sugar and 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 all these pastries i can't eat that way anymore because my body was just I, I, i woke up and it wasn't me but i didn't really think that much about it because i I'd always been skinny, just naturally skinny. So I kind of just ignored it and thought it was a phase and and went on. And I decided to move permanently over to the States. And so I moved over here. And shortly after I got here, I woke up and went, oh, oh, oh no, no, this this can't happen. This this really isn't me. And and what is it about America that just made me this this michelin woman yeah america and, has that effect on people i'm afraid <laughs> and and so then i kind of went on this odyssey of um you know trying exercising more and eating less because that's what we've been told for the last 40 years is just you know it's it's calories in calories out if you exercise more and consume less calories you will lose weight it's thermodynamics you can't help it that's what's going to happen and boy is that ever frustrating because it just doesn't work like that and so for years I went through this um kind of cycle and after a while of exercising more and eating less and still gaining weight (laughs) it was like okay well so I went to the doctor and I said there's something wrong with me because I'm you know I'm eating lettuce and cycling seven miles a day and I'm gaining weight. I said, for the last three months, I have literally eaten nothing and exercised and, and cycled every day. And I'm getting, I'm weighing more. I'm getting fatter. What the hell? Do the test. There must be something wrong. Do thyroid. I don't know what you need to do, but you need to do. Anyway, so he said to me, he said, there, there's nothing wrong with you. And you just need to feel like you're in control of your body. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home. And for the next 10 days, I want you to drink Slim Fast. Nothing but Slim Fast. So that will give you about 450 calories a day. And then I want you to keep on doing your seven miles of cycling every day. And, you know, more if you can. And in 10 days, you'll lose 10 pounds. And then you'll feel like you're in control. And then it all will be well. And I'm like, okay, you're not listening to me, but whatever. So I go home and I drink Slim Fast, God help me, for 10 days and cycle. I went back. I still weighed the same. Surprise. And and, and all this while he's saying to me, it's calories in, it's calories out. It's thermodynamics. It's thermodynamics. You know, what? calories in, calories out. And I'm just going, no. So I went back to him and I said, nothing's changed. And um, he said, it's thermodynamics it's calories in it's calories out and i said i've just proved that it isn't i mean my cat could tell you that it isn't it obviously isn't i've eaten no calories and i've been expending more and i haven't lost any weight it's thermodynamics it's calories in it's calories out so i fired him it's just like you're not listening to me you're not making any sense i i what the hell Right. He had to keep on saying what he was saying because he didn't know what else to tell me, although it clearly wasn't working. And I think as a certainly in, in America, as a nation, we have been 
we're in we're we're ostriches with our heads in the sand we know it doesn't work because it hasn't worked for 40 years we go to the gym more way more than we ever did and yet we're fatter and sicker than ever and we have more low fat food at our disposal and we eat more low fat food than we've ever eaten and yet we're fatter and sicker okay it clearly we have demonstrated for the last 40 years that that eat less and exercise more does not work and yet we still keep doing it I, you know there's a definition of insanity do the same thing and expect a different result but we we keep on doing it because we don't know what else to do and actually it seems to make sense logically that if you expend more calories than you consume your there's the deficit is going to make you lose weight as it turns out our bodies actually don't work like math and and so that the whole thermodynamics thing just doesn't work but i think we have been so conditioned that it's calories in calories out that fat is bad and that in all the the low fat products they add sugar because it's got you know less than half the calories of fat and, and despite the fact that it doesn't work we still keep doing it that is the truth. And I think so many people listening right now can relate to that. Um, I know I sure can. And I know that I do not do well when I, honestly, when I pay attention to calories. And calories exist. I love what Jonathan says, your your podcast partner. I love what he says. Calories exist. They're not unicorns. <laughs> but, but it is entirely the wrong focus. And something that you two both do so well is you say, listen, your grandparents or your great-grandparents they didn't ever use the word calorie and they were 60% healthier than we are now. My next question, and I know everyone else probably has this question is, okay, so then what does make sense? So after I fired my doctor, I, I just kind of gave up. I'm just like, it is what it is. I Calories in, calories out doesn't work. I don't know what else to do. I'll just keep on keeping on. And then I had um, a hysterectomy. And so I was off, so I was on bed rest for two weeks. And my lovely girlfriend gave me her Netflix account. And so I sat in bed with my six cats. They just thought that was the best thing ever. <laughs> for two weeks with my laptop and my Netflix. And and what I did, instead of watching movies, I started watching documentaries on health. So I watched, you know, Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. And I watched... You know, I can't even remember the names of them now. I, can I, bet, give you I bet you watched Food, Inc. I bet you watched Food, Food Matters. Yeah, Food, Inc. is one of that, the best films it. I've ever seen in this Food genre. Food yeah. Matters. Well done. Thank you. Um, so I watched those, and that sent me on this search of the of the internet for all I could. And that started me thinking about what I could do because there had to be a way because not everybody in the world is obese. I mean, we're, there's a growing number, but not everybody is. So there must be a way. And I just didn't know what it was. So those movies sent me off. So I started searching all over the internet and I came across Gary Taub's work. Gary Taubes wrote this incredibly huge scientific volume called, I can't remember what, but he also wrote a much more palatable consumer version called Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. So I read that and it was just like this light bulb went off in my head. 
And Gary talks about what happens to your body when you eat carbohydrates and sugar. And so, and for the first time, it was just like, that makes so much sense. And once you understand the biology, for me, it was much easier to just go, well, I don't want to eat that stuff because I now know what it's doing to me. And so I did what he'd suggested, which, which was to eat a lot of protein and a lot of healthy fats. And the result was just stunning. It was literally in three days, my muffin top disappeared. And I was just like, wait, what? How is that even possible? And so there, there was me thinking, well, this is it. That, that's the answer. And so I was doing the, the high protein, high healthy fats and lost my muffin top, lost my belly. That was all goodness. But then it all just kind of stopped. And I was kind of there but and that was great because it's better than where i was and my numbers my blood numbers were significantly better then by chance i bumped into mr baylor on facebook he was a, a friend of a friend and his a joint friend posted a link to the first chapter of his book the smarter science of slim which was his first book and the title was something like calories in, calories out, doesn't work or something like that. And I was just like, wow. And so I clicked on the link. I read the first chapter and then I was just like, I have to speak to this man. I, I just, this was the first time I had ever seen anyone say that calories in, calories out doesn't work. And I was just like, oh my God. I Anyway, so I figured out he also worked at the same company that I did. And so... I emailed him and said, I have to meet you. And this was before his first book was published. So he was literally nobody knew him. He hadn't had any introduction to the world of fame or nothing like that. So he emailed me back and said, you know, well, at your service. And so we met and I told him my story and I told him how completely excited I was about this first chapter of his book, that it sounded like he actually got it. And I said, I this was in October or September. And I said, I cannot wait till January to get the book. I, you have to give me a copy now because I can't wait till January because I need to know this stuff. And so I went and pre-ordered it on Amazon. And then he sent me the entire book in PDF. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so I printed the whole thing out, all 350 pages of it, and and I read it in a weekend, and and my head just exploded. I just, I was just like, this is it. And I, if there is no silver bullet, but this is as close to a silver bullet as there comes. And and so we kept in touch, and then he started bouncing ideas off me. And then at the time, I had the second biggest food blog in I was the number two food blogger in Seattle oh wow but that, but that was based not on recipes that was based on restaurant reviews after you know a couple of months of, of reading the smarter science of slim and then hanging out with Jonathan I realized that there was this huge lack of integrity between what I realized was the right lifestyle for health and and what I'm doing at the weekend which is eating you know every food known to man and so there was this huge disconnect between what I what I knew to be true and what I was actually doing. And so I started to feel really uncomfortable about that. And so that kind of dwindled off. And then I decided that I was going to start developing recipes that 
fit with Jonathan's science or Jonathan's research, I should say, because he didn't do the science. He, he, he researched it all and, and packaged it up so we could all understand it. So I decided that because the thing that was missing from Jonathan's program, I mean, the science is fantastic. The why is great. And there's a little bit of how to in terms of, of exercising and eating. But what was missing was the the magic thing was the recipes like you could understand it but it's just like okay i understand why i can't eat the, or what these things do that are detrimental to my health and, and my fat loss goals but what do i eat and so i decided to start creating recipes that followed the research so my blog kind of took this complete u-turn and then shortly after I started blogging recipes, I think Jonathan realized that I was completely serious about this. And he said to me one day, uh, let's do a podcast. And it was one of those moments where, where I could hear my voice going, yes, let's. And my brain was going, what's a podcast? <laughs> I was just like, I, my mouth kind of ran away with me. And, and so he showed up and we went into the studio and we did a test run I had no idea what I was doing and then the day after that he showed up and said all right we're recording and we did this show and like three days later it was on iTunes and I it's been in the like top 10 health and fitness podcasts ever since so and that's when it kind of really took off in terms of people understanding that there is a way that works that doesn't involve starving yourself and running on a treadmill for you know, 60 hours a week. So, and for me, it, it, that information, I have used that information to change the course of my life. My health is dramatically improved 30, there's 30 pounds less of me to love than there was before I dropped three dress sizes all goodness. Wow. That's amazing. And there's a reason that your show is at the top of the list. And it's not just because of the science and Jonathan's brilliant, obviously he's brilliant, but he also is quite gifted at breaking down the messages and making them accessible to laymen such as myself. But what you do so well together is you make it actionable. And one of the reasons I really was so keen to have you on is because you make it actionable for people to say, that's great. I get the science or, or I don't care about the science. Just tell me what, what to do. To do. <laughs> and I know so many people who have expressed that exact same sentiment to me. Now, I care about the science. I do. Not not geeking out to the level that Jonathan is capable of, but on a practical level, just like you, I like to know the why. And I find that when you know the why, it's easier to action the how. That's just my own my own perspective. But some people, and I relate to this too, and I totally understand it, they literally are like, great, tell me what to do. And Carrie, you tell people what to do or share with them tools that they can action in a real accessible, totally doable way. And you are changing millions. And folks, I'm not exaggerating. When you, when you get on the site or when you get on their show, you'll start to see this more. They are impacting millions of people's lives all over the globe. And I admire what you're doing so much. And I'm so passionate about helping you spread the word, bring as many people into this real, uh, real food diet as possible. It's not hard, is it Carrie? It's, it's simple. It's not complex. It's not overly complicated. And we want to make it easy 
easy for people to make some changes in their life that do add up over time. It actually, if you understand how the body works, then you'll understand that actually slim is simple. It will take some changes and some work to get there to to heal your hormones and to heal your metabolism. But once you've done that, your body will automatically regulate calories in, calories out. It will automatically regulate the processes in your body which will make it work properly. And when your body is working properly, you will find that you will, your body will return itself to where it should be in terms of your weight, your, as Jonathan terms it, your set point. And that will happen automatically once you take care of your hormonal imbalance and your metabolic imbalance. Don't focus on losing weight focus on healing your body once your body is healed and working correctly everything else will fall into place and so it actually is simple it's not complicated doing it is not necessarily easy but it is simple that's right and it can be hard change is hard changing your patterns is hard but there is a difference between simple and easy we've made it complicated um we have a lot of different industries, uh, fitness industries, diet industries, food manufacturers have made quite a bit of money complicating the picture for us. And I don't know about you, but I felt so frustrated because I didn't know who was telling the truth. Um, I, it, there's so much misinformation out there. Um, and it feels so complicated because one camp is saying, don't eat meat another camp is saying if you don't eat meat you'll die and another camp is saying go low fat go raw i mean and it's you know who's right and the smarter science is slim and now the calorie myth and if you haven't read the calorie myth everyone i highly recommend that you go download your copy today but um the calorie myth and your work with jonathan helped me understand that rather than focusing on calories to fuel my body with real food that it recognized, <laughs> allowed it to regulate itself so that my metabolism is operating the same way my breathing is operating. I don't think about my oxygen going in and I don't think about my oxygen going out. And it is there's so much more peace in my life, sorry to sound melodramatic, but just to not have to think about it all the time time. Um, and so that's the gift that you have given me. And that's the gift that I want to share with some of our listeners. So I'm going to pick up the first, you know, big pillar, and we've touched on this already, but first one, and I'm going to quote Carrie Brown here, diets are stupid. (laughs) Diets with a capital D are stupid and they are stupid, Carrie, because they don't work. (laughs) They don't work. And I think anyone listening to this if they're, you know, they've the chances are at some point you listeners have all been down this road is that you know diets don't work. However, because you don't know what else to do, when the next diet comes along, you try it because the last one didn't work and you don't know what else to do, so I may as well try this. Diets don't work. Diets by definition are something that you do for a short time to get to a place that you want to be, but they're not sustainable. I mean, I remember Jonathan and I, we found this cookie dough diet or what it, I think it was actually called that cookie dough diet. And yes, probably, you know, for the first, whatever, 10 days, you might just 
you might lose weight. I think there's there's a lot of diets which which do initially cause you to lose weight, but that's not you're not burning fat. There's a huge difference between losing weight and burning fat. If you're losing weight, but you're you're fueling yourself on your own lean body mass, your own muscles, then you're not losing fat you're just becoming saggy you may actually be shrinking a little bit but that's not what you want to do what you want to do is burn the fat we have so many people that have told us that when they burn the fat they don't necessarily lose a lot of weight i have plenty of women that write and tell me and say i'm not losing weight but my pants are two sizes smaller than they were before i started doing this so we need to change our paradigm from losing weight to burning fat because a lot of the time with these crazy diets you're actually eating yourself and not the, the, the fat that you want to lose so weight loss is a really bad indicator of health or progress I think so, the, the best thing, sorry, Carrie, I think some the best thing that so many people can do is take that scale and throw it outside in the garbage can where it belongs because measuring lightness is has nothing to do with measuring wellness. Nothing. Right. It doesn't. So uh, diets are stupid because they're unsustainable. Those diets are harmful because starvation isn't healthy. But you can't sustain that. You can't healthily sustain eating a calorie-restricted diet. Um, and your body just does That's not how your body works. So it's, the benefit is going to be limited. Yeah, and it puts the emphasis right back on that obsession with how much is going in your mouth, what weighing your food, what are the you know how many calories are in that, what activity have I done today? I mean that I'm I'm it's been many years since I've engaged in that mindset, but I remember it like it was yesterday. It's exhausting. Is is that raise your hand if your grandmother counted calories, weighed food, counted the amount of exercise, she did any of that stuff. That's the yeah, truth. Yeah, I see no hands. I could go on and on about that, but instead I will share another truth that Carrie enlightened me to, and that is that cooking, a word I used to be allergic to, cooking is actually possible for everyone, not just renowned pastry chefs, anyone can make cooking work for them. And let me tell you how resistant I was to this. I went 30 X years being proud of the fact that I didn't know how to cook anything. I thought, you know, it made me quite worldly, actually. When I started making the switch to real food and much more of a whole foods diet, I started to realize that truly the only way to eat clean, as I call it, 80 to 90% of the time, is to prep your own food. I mean, I travel with work and I have a busy life, just like everybody listening, and I can't be a saint 100% of the time. So actually learning how to assemble a meal, I cannot use the verb cook because I'm nowhere near being able to call myself a cook, but I can assemble a meal with the best of them, Carrie. And being able to do that meant that I had control over 80 to 90% of my health and allowed me to live a normal life, you know, a hundred percent of the time. And I eat at restaurants and I have my red wine when I want to, and I go, you know, I do everything that I want to do, but being able to prep my own meals made a 
profound difference in my life. And what you taught me is that you don't have to be Carrie Brown to be able to assemble an extremely delicious filling meal. Talk to me a little bit about your experience with people like me who are remedial in the kitchen. Wow, so much I want to say. I'll try not to say it all, otherwise we'll be here all day. I do try, I I understand that not everybody is passionate about cooking and that not everybody was born with this talent that I was born with. So I do try and make my recipes accessible to all. I want everybody to go to my blog or to buy my cookbooks and be able to produce this delicious food that looks exactly the same as mine and tastes exactly the same as mine. So that is my philosophy when I'm creating a recipe is that everybody should be able to do it. And and of course, once you start having a few successes, once you make a few things and you realize how delicious they are and how it wasn't hard to do, that that will give you confidence to try other things. There are some more complicated recipes out there because there are people that that love cooking and want to take time and do all the fancy stuff. But for the most part, I recognize that that a lot of people don't have the skills and have no interest in learning them. And they also, everybody is time crunched. So I wanted to make my recipes easy and simple and, and fast because I understand real life. So a lot of my recipes you'll find are more assembly than they are cooking. If we're talking about my soups, for example, I I wrote a a soup cookbook, which has been staggeringly successful. Um, The soups are very simple. They're incredibly healthy. You wouldn't even believe how many vegetables you eat and don't know it when you're eating these soups. But they're incredibly simple and they're more assembly than they are cooking. The, The cooking is the fact that it's hot. But apart from that, you don't need any skills if you can if you can basically use a knife to cut vegetables you're kind of there the uh, one of the other books i wrote was ice cream the ice creams now traditional ice cream making takes practice and a skill my ice cream recipes are pretty much assembly like bung a bunch of stuff in a blender whiz it up leave it in the fridge churn it as long as you have a great recipe it doesn't need to be complicated or difficult. There are a few recipes in there which for the for the ones who are passionate and more highly skilled in the kitchen will have more fun doing those. For the most part, you know, Ella, you can make ice cream that tastes better than Haagen-Dazs or Ben and Jerry's in a matter of minutes. True that. And then your third book is on sides and smoothies. Can you talk briefly about that? So people ask me, you know, I thought well, I, I post on Facebook a lot. I have a, a, a fan page on Facebook and I regularly check in with people and say, you know, what is it you want? What are you struggling with? What do you need? And so when I was thinking about my third cookbook, I said to them, what do you want? And of course, what I expected people to say was we want a cookie book or we want cakes and desserts or, you know, and, and the overwhelmingly the response was, we want we know we need to eat more veggies how do we make veggies delicious so i i did the soup cookbook already so that was just a fantastic way to get a monumental amount of veggies in your life without even realizing it so then i started working on smoothies and sides smoothies are an incredible way to get 
a huge amount of vegetables in your life without even realizing it. One of the things I found when I was doing my own research was that most smoothie recipes on the web were actually weren't healthy at all. Just because something has spinach in doesn't mean it's healthy. If all the other ingredients are sugars and carbohydrates, although they're the healthier ones, you know, then just because it's got spinach in doesn't mean it's good for you. And I consistently found I spent probably days on the internet looking at smoothie recipes and just shaking my head because people, they want to do the right thing. They think they're doing the right thing, but they're not getting the results because they inadvertently aren't doing the right thing. But all these smoothies out there are promoted as being healthy and people want to believe that and they think they are because it's made with real food. That doesn't necessarily make it so. So I developed a range of smoothies that not only tasted awesome, strawberry milkshake, anyone? Orange creamsicle. Orange creamsicle. Um, that actually do taste like that, but they are genuinely super healthy, super nutritious. And so I put smoothies in my book and then I did a collection, probably 45 different veggie dishes. So sides, so that if you grew up eating gray cauliflower and, and mushy carrots and you, for many people, they just, they don't enjoy vegetables. They would, if they were cooked properly, or they would if they were made a bit more exciting. I've met so many people who say, well, I don't like veggies. And yet when I've cooked them veggies, they're like, wow, I do like cauliflower. Wow, I've never eaten a beet. They're really lovely. So I created 45 side recipes to show people that you can easily make veggies so delicious that you'll actually want to eat them. Yeah, that's the truth. And that's point number three for our audience today is just that the the secret isn't more protein, more healthy fats. Those are those are must. But the secret, the magic bullet, if there is one, it's veggies, in my opinion. I mean, you fill half your dinner plate, half your dinner plate with one or two or three veggies. And when you make them the way Carrie Brown makes them and teaches us how to make them, it is an entirely different experience, at least with with the one that I grew up with. Sorry, mom. Um, and they are the key. If there is a magic bullet, in my opinion, Carrie Brown, it is vegetables, non-starchy vegetables, and getting six, eight, ten servings a day. It's hard to stay unhealthy and unwell when that is your focus. And the, the, the magic words that you use there were non-starchy veggies because once you read the calorie myth, you'll understand that starch in whatever form it comes ultimately is just like eating sugar. Your body doesn't really care that it came in the form of a fruit or a vegetable. Um, it behaves like sugar in your body. And once you realize that, it kind of changes everything. So we want to focus on low sugar fruits such as berries and citrus and non-starchy vegetables bear in mind that that vegetables are kind of on this continuum so down the one end you've got your leafy greens your spinach your kale all the the green leafy stuff is way way down one end of the uber 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 superfood right right fantastic nutritionally dense like your body's like whoa 
And then at the other end, you've got your corn and your potatoes, and and, and then everything else kind of comes in between those. So there's a continuum. So once you understand that, you know, if you if you need to amp it up, you'll go down the leafy green end. And, and if you're where you want to be and, and your metabolism is healed and your hormones are all functioning right, you can you can kind of scoot closer towards the other end or you can do that occasionally. It's fine. But the magic bullet, if there is one, is non-starchy vegetables. I totally agree. And something that you introduced me to with your cookbooks and your blog, the recipes there, was the middle part of that spectrum. Because to tell you the truth, like, yes, I grew up on, you know, potatoes were a vegetable and corn was a vegetable. And um, then, of course, everyone now, you can't, anyone who's been alive uh, in the past 10 years knows that kale is really good for them. And many people are like, that's great, but I don't want to eat kale because gross. And I would say two things to that. One is um, how you prepare it definitely matters. And two is that's okay. Start where you are. There's a whole middle of that spectrum in there, Carrie, that I had no idea what to do with because I didn't know how to cook. Um, So you opened my eyes to many, many, many things. I mean, I didn't know I could make mashed potatoes out of cauliflower. I did not know that I would become addicted to leeks, which I'm still not sure I'm happy with you about that. Um, The finest vegetable on earth is leeks. Quite versatile. I have to give it to you. (laughs) I didn't know that I could cook with pears cook with cabbage and turn it into something that my family thought was dessert. I mean, and and one thing I want to add about what Carrie does is she helps you create food for yourself or whether you're cooking for other people that doesn't taste like it is part of your healthy wellness journey. I mean, it just tastes delicious. So I I hope our listeners will find out for themselves, but I have to tell you that my theory is and I tell people this a lot, is that you need two things to change your life. You need a Vitamix and you need Carrie Brown's recipes. And then you're golden. Like if, if that's all you did, <laughs> if all you did now. was invest in that Vitamix, you if that's all you did, you change your life. That's my theory. Somebody go out there and prove me right or prove me wrong. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> so the other two points that we want to cover as we come up on time here is I do want to talk briefly about what is sane nutrition. And I just want to touch briefly on that, um, Carrie, and explain to people that what you're really saying is choose the most nutrient dense foods and call that your diet. It's diet with a small d. It's a sustainable practice where you are choosing nutrient dense foods over empty calories. To us a little bit about that. So sane is simply a a method of determining how health promoting a food is for you. So, and again, it's a spectrum. I mean, all foods have a sanity score. All foods are on this spectrum of sane. What sane teaches you is the ones that are down, down the end, which are the ones that will heal our metabolism and fix our hormones and turn us into a fat burning machine faster than the ones down the other end, which will do the opposite, which is give you cancer and diabetes and, you know, metabolic syndrome and all that other stuff. So same is simply a method for determining the nutritional value of a food. It's almost a lens through which you can look at the foods as you're making your choices, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. It's not 
crazy complicated there's not a whole bunch of rules to follow or you have to drink water with lemon before your feet hit the floor or you have you know whatever all that other cra- but th- this is not a it is as you describe it's a lens through which you look at food to help you determine which are the ones that will support your health goals and switch on your fat burning hormones the fastest you are looking for a high water content in foods, foods that naturally contain amounts of water. We're not just talking to Americans, by the way, but the standard American diet in particular has a great deal of dry, dry foods in it, Carrie. And some people can go a whole day eating just carbohydrates and meats. Picture a McDonald's takeout meal or really just something you'd pull out of your freezer and make, and it's going to have um, almost no water in it at all. Something that fruits and vegetables bring to the table is uh, much more natural water content, which makes you feel more full. And I won't even go into what it does for your digestion, okay? But the lack of water in your digestion is a real problem for a lot of people. The fiber has a similar effect in the fact that when you consume foods that have a decent fibrous content, again, we're not talking triscuits, we're talking vegetables. The water and fiber combination in fruits and vegetables, again, contribute to a feeling of satiation that you're not going to get if you're subsisting on foods without them. But the other half of the equation equally as important, which Carrie taught me, was proteins and fats. And let me tell you, I can tell if I've had a meal without proteins and fats in it because I am starving six minutes later, max. And so I I should clarify healthy fats. That's a good point. Tell people they're scared of fats. Healthy fats. We don't just eat fat carte blanche. There's a lot of fats out there that you're your body does not appreciate does not work well at and then doesn't want to eat so yes we love healthy fats healthy whole food fats people are people i wish we could call it something else because the fat on your bottom is not the same as the fat that you're consuming in an avocado or a salmon um i wish we could have separate names for them both fat is a Um, an extremely useful component to a healthy balanced diet but Carrie can you tell people some of the fats that they need to stay away from because a lot of people still don't understand the difference between the processed oils as an example um, between the differences between canola oil and vegetable oil and then the other healthier choices that your body actually knows what to do with could you spend 30 seconds explaining that so I always prefer to focus on what we do eat rather than what we don't eat because that creates this kind of sense of oh i'm gonna have to give this up and it's a whole you know loss situation so i prefer to focus on all the good stuff you can eat so healthy whole whole food fats things like coconuts egg yolks avocado salmon is just packed with healthy fats um when it comes to cooking butter coconut oil macadamia nut oil or that's pretty spendy avocado oil are your best choices olive oil if it's cold not if it's olive oil doesn't do so well when it's heated um so and whole food fats as in fats eaten as a whole food so right, for like example meat. avocado mm-hmm. right meat fat you know we're not afraid of 
of the fat that is found in in natural foods what we don't want to do is eat the heavily processed canola oil corn oil all those kind of vegetable oils we do not want to eat those and they're in so many packaged foods. I mean, I think most people by now know to look for hydrogenated oils, and most people are really trying to stay away from those. They're everywhere, unfortunately. I mean, ice cream to fish sticks. But I don't think people are aware, I wasn't until somewhat recently, that canola oil, sunflower oil, and, and, and you're right, we should focus on what we should be consuming, but I do think that making the distinction is useful just for people who don't know. I mean, they don't know that those are highly, highly refined. They are terrible for your metabolism, for your digestive system, and they wreak havoc on your body over time. And there's all these great choices out there, aren't there, Carrie? I mean, yes, yeah. let's focus on the abundance. There are so many choices out there, and you should be eating fats. It's just the distinction between the two is, is quite important. One of the things that we agreed on is that people are trying. Like, it's not that people don't care. And, and when we say people, we're in that group, okay? This is, uh, we are absolutely amongst the population that struggles with this, which is why I find Carrie so relatable. And But people are trying. We're trying. But when you have bad information, you can try as hard as you want, and you're not going to get the results that you need. So what Carrie's doing so brilliantly is sharing with folks real information and making it real for us so that we can actually go out there and do it. And you're, you're, you're having an enormous impact, Carrie. It makes me so upset that people, a lot of people genuinely want to be healthier. They're trying so hard. They're doing what they believe it are, are healthy things. The problem is they have been told or we all have been told so long and so loud that it's exercise more eat less and that we need to stop eating fat um it's low fat we are so conditioned that in trying to be healthy we we actually you know we go to the store and we look for the low fat options because we we being conditioned to believe that low fat is healthy. So I think people want to be healthy. They want to feel better. They don't want to get diabetes and cancer and heart disease. But the misinformation means that they don't know what healthy is, which is why you mentioned at the start, one of my goals in life is to put the healthy back into healthy. Because right now, most people's definition or understanding of healthy is completely inaccurate, thanks to the proliferance of, of horrible information that, for the most part, I believe is driven by revenue. So you talked earlier about it being having become so complicated to stay slim and healthy. I think for the for the fitness industry and for the food industry and for the health industry, they need to make it complicated to continue generating revenue. If they give you something that's just simple and, and easy and we all got slim and healthy, those industries would just implode. They have to find a way to keep it complicated enough so that we keep coming back and spending more money to find out how to do it. It doesn't work, but we don't know what else to do. 
So we generally tend to hop on the next big bandwagon and then find out that that doesn't work either. So I think people want to be healthy. They truly do. And they're doing the things that they believe are healthy because that's what we've been told. They're actually on completely the wrong path past but not because of of anything they're doing wrong well there there's very little money in wellness there there's not a lot of revenue associated with wellness and good health so just something to think about we will clearly i'm going to get carrie on the hook now live and say we will clearly be bringing carrie back because we've only scratched the surface and some of the content that carrie shared with us today and some of her references i am going to put in the show notes which you'll find on on air with so you'll see I'll link to some of the documentaries that Carrie mentioned I'll link to Carrie's books and to her blog and I will link of course to Jonathan Baylor's book and some of the other things that uh, that Carrie's touched on today so you can find all that information there and then we'll all just wait Carrie with bated breath until we can have you back on the show again I appreciate you so much I'm just if what I've said or, or my blog or my books can help people to become healthier and and help them to switch on their fat burning hormones. That will make me the happiest girl in the world. That makes two of us. Thank you, Carrie. Take care. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com, where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. If you like the show, here are two ways you can pay it forward. Tell a friend, help spread the word, and leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher, whichever one you use. That helps the show enormously get traction, and our goal is to spread the word. So if this show spoke to you in any way or it made you think of somebody who could get something out of it, share this with them. And if you want to send me feedback, you can do that directly. Here's how this works. Go to onairwithella.com, find the page that's called Connect, and send me an email. You can tell me anything you want to hear about, ways you think we can improve the show, or just what's on your mind. So I want to hear from you. If you have constructive feedback, tell me directly. If you love the show, share it with somebody and tell iTunes and or Stitcher. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.